We can only be justified by the Lord through the conditions that the Lord establishes. That's why we can never let ourselves be guided by our own opinions. Everything comes back to Him, to having our relationship right with Him. God's priority is that we get our relationship right with Him. The Lord must be first in our lives, and He must be treated as Lord, and then everything else should stem out of that. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We'll be talking today about relationship versus religion. Many people are confused about what true faith in God is really about, and there are many reasons that produce that confusion. But if a person wants to truly find God and attain what he desires to share with them, they need to get through whatever confusion they have and come to the realization that Jesus Christ needs to be the Lord in their life and they need to have works before God that attest to that faith. It's not about religion. It's about a true and genuine relationship with the Almighty God of the universe through the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's message is inspired on Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 13. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you, I worship you, O Lord. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O God. For you are worthy to be praised and exalted, O Lord. For you are the creator of heaven and earth and everything in it and everything in the universe, O Lord God. Blessed are you, O Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your true and only begotten Son. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord, I pray, O oh God, that you please forgive my sins. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may always remember us in your mercy and in your grace. Remember that we are nothing before you, O oh Lord God, and that we depend on you for everything. I pray, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, for your Holy Spirit, and that your anointing might be upon us. I pray, Heavenly Father, for each person listening, that they may understand, Lord God, that what matters to you most is the relationship that we have with you. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. For yours is the kingdom and the power and everything in it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 13. This is the word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat? nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, 
will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. The very first thing we need to look at and understand is the fact that the Lord is the Lord. He is who he is. Even though the disciples committed mistakes and were not very clear on things yet at this point in time, we see in this passage, they respected the Lord and to the point of forsaking everything else for him to follow him. Now, was it a mistake for them to eat during the Sabbath? And the answer is no. Did they need to keep the Sabbath? Of course, but they got their priorities straight and we need to consider the circumstances. The first priority they got straight was, of course, their acknowledgement that the Lord is the Lord. The Lord of the Sabbath was with them and he did not prohibit what they did. Why? Because they were hungry. They had a need. That's the circumstance that made it okay to work on the Sabbath. They were honoring the Lord and they had a need. Those conditions within themselves justified them and left them blameless before the Lord. There is one thing we do need to keep in mind that blameless does not mean that a person is perfect. And quite frankly, we can never be perfect while in this temporary body. The only perfect and sinless one was the Lord Jesus Christ. The highest we could ever aim for while here on earth is to be blameless. And that can only happen through the Lord Jesus Christ and by looking to fulfill the Lord's will in the priorities he gives. He is the only one that can forgive sins and keep us blameless before the Father. But also, if we understand the priority of things, if we acknowledge the Lord as who he really is and obey him as he should be obeyed, that too will form part of keeping us blameless. You see, if the disciples would have worked and labored during the Sabbath for no good reason, then the Pharisees would have been justified in their condemnation. We can't break the commandments just because. That keeps on being sin. And of course, even if a person is in the Lord, but they practice sin or live a lifestyle of sin, that too is a problem before the Lord. Galatians chapter five tells us this, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you see, just because we proclaim faith in the Lord, does not mean that we have a license to sin, to break the commandments. That's not the way it works either. The circumstances must be justifiable, not before man, by our opinion, but rather by God. This was the main problem that the Pharisees had. They thought they could justify themselves before God, but that is impossible. We can only be justified by the Lord through the conditions that the Lord establishes. That's why we can never let ourselves be guided by our own opinions. Everything comes back to him, to having our relationship right with him. God's priority is that we get our relationship right with him. 
The Lord must be first in our lives and he must be treated as Lord and then everything else should stem out of that. Our love for the Lord must be the root, the foundation for everything in our lives. That must be our focus. This must be the reason for everything in our lives. And so do we need to follow the commandments? Absolutely. And the key must be the order or priority in which we follow them. That is why it is 100% completely false when some people say that there is no room for commandments when we are under God's grace. The Lord himself clarified this issue. We read in Mark chapter 12 the following. Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And so can we say then that we do not need to follow commandments when we are under God's grace? Absolutely not. It's not a free-for-all. There is no anarchy in Christ. We are made free through the Lord Jesus Christ, so we are completely unhindered from doing those things that truly please Him. That's the freedom we were given through Him, but that doesn't mean that the commandments are forgotten. If it were so, then why study the Bible? Why strive to understand His will? And God will judge us for our actions, make no mistake. We will give an account for our actions before the Lord. These are the clarifications that the Word of God continues giving in Romans chapter 6 where it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And it also says in Hebrews chapter 10, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he has sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So can there be any confusion that God will hold his people accountable for their actions? Do you see that the grace we find through the Lord Jesus Christ does not allow for willful sinning? This is why we need to get our relationship right with the Lord. We need to come to that place of total and complete acknowledgement of who he is and what he needs to be in our lives. And we need to strive to learn how to love him. These are all voluntary things that need to happen if we want to truly find grace before the Lord, especially to be found blameless before him. We need to remember that everything before the Lord is completely conditional, meaning that certain things need to be fulfilled in order to get what is needed. For instance, if we want forgiveness of sins, we need to repent and convert from our sins. 
Just saying, I believe in God or in Jesus as my savior does not bring about forgiveness of sins. There must be repentance of sins. In Acts chapter three, verse 19, it says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And so the condition for our sins to be blotted out is that we need to repent and convert from our sins. Just like salvation, the Bible is very clear in that we need to acknowledge Jesus, not as Savior, but as the Lord of our lives. In Romans chapter 10, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We need to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that God raised the Lord from the dead and confess Jesus as Lord. These conditions must be met in order for people to be saved. Don't these sound like commandments or requirements? Of course they are. These are commandments, requirements, or at the very least, instructions to find forgiveness of sins, salvation, and eternal life. Look at what the Apostle Paul said about loving the Lord in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, where it says, If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. And so we must come to repent and convert from our sins. We must come to believe with all of our hearts, with the center of our being, that God raised the Lord from the dead and that Jesus is Lord. And we must come to love the Lord so that we are not accursed. These things are requirements, commandments. And if these things are not fulfilled, then the conditions are not met and the benefit of obedience is not gained. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 where it says the following, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And so quite clearly, we will not receive those things that God has prepared for us if we don't love him. And this brings us back to the first and greatest commandment of all. The Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all your strength. It's all about relationship first with the Lord and then about doing his will. And we need to do his will in such a way that we overcome this world. In Revelations chapter three, it says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. We need to overcome the world through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is necessary to overcome and not to give in because if a person does not overcome in Christ, then the consequences are that they will not be clothed in white garments and their names will be blotted from the book of life and the Lord will not confess their name before the Father and his angels. And who is he talking to in this passage? To the world? To the unconverted? No. He is talking to the churches, to believers, for it says, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And here is the final point we can look at. If you don't get your relationship right with the Lord, then you will always be at odds with him. 
It doesn't matter how much faith you profess to have or how religious you think you are. If you don't love the Lord and follow him for the right reasons, then you will always be doing things that go against his will. You will always be contrary to him. This is why it is so important to get your relationship right with the Lord because if you are doing things contrary to his will, then obviously there can be no salvation. The Lord was very clear in that we need to do the Father's will if we want to be allowed to enter the kingdom of God. This is what he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. This is the one of the key places we see in the word of God that not only should there be faith, but actions for the right reasons. The intentions of our heart need to be right with the Lord. We understand through this passage that we need to do the right things for the right reasons. So this is all about relationship with the Lord and the things that come along with having our relationship right with the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, as some people refer to it, says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. What love is being talked about here? Love for the Lord. And it's not about feelings or passing sentiments. Love is a choice. Love is the decision to follow and pursue the Lord no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstances are. Love is having an unbreakable bond with the Lord. For it also says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. When we love the Lord, we will never be at odds with him, even when we make mistakes. We will always get our priorities straight with him because our main concern will always be to put him first, to give him a place above all other things and people. That's what it truly means to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you dedicate everything you are to him. How do we ultimately see that a person is at odds with him no matter what faith they profess to have if there is no love? Just look at the Pharisees. The passage tells us this, then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. There was obviously no love for the Lord, no loyalty to God as they professed to have. They would tell the Lord that they were children of Abraham, but their actions denied such a thing. This is what the Lord told them directly and what clarifies this point completely. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say 
you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. And so if a person does not have their faith, their heart in the right place before the Lord, then they are simply doing the devil's will, no matter what they profess to believe or think. Following and loving the Lord has nothing to do with religion, with the list of do's and don'ts, with observing practices or rituals. It has everything to do with having a love relationship with God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and that being the foundation for everything in our lives as the reason and purpose for everything we do. If we love the Lord as we should, we will do those things that please the Lord and have ample entrance into his kingdom. For it says again, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. We need to understand what God is offering through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to consider the magnitude of what his will is. We need to come to consider and come to the realization that the almighty God of the universe, the Lord of hosts, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords desires to have an intimate and personal relationship with us. Do you understand what that means? Consider this that King David said and felt. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? When we start to understand just who the Lord is and what we are, we will start to understand and value God's will. And that should put things in the proper perspective. And that should help us get our relationship right with him. True and genuine faith, life-changing faith, eternal faith is all about faith in the Lord and producing the good works that this faith should produce. 
You can't have one without the other, especially if you want to have your relationship right with the Lord. James chapter 2 says this, which put things as clear as can be. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. God's ultimate will is that we become his friends, not just his servants. Abraham was God's friend. Through faith that is filled with good works, we can become God's friends also. This is what the Lord said, Greater love has no one than this, and to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all the things I heard from my Father I have made known to you. And what do we gain through our friendship with the Lord? Eternal life, eternal reward, immortality. Things that we cannot even imagine in our finite and limited minds. Our hope can never be here on earth or on the earthly things because this is all passing. Our eyes need to be set on what really matters. And so we should not try to use God for things that only impact the here and now, which is what most people worry about. And that's why they don't get who God is and what he is offering. They are more concerned over having a few crumbs than the bread of life that lasts forever. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19 says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Our hope is greater than this world, greater than this temporary and passing life. Our hope is Him that loves us, cares about us, and is the greatest and mightiest being in the entire universe. And our friendship with Him helps us gain the things that only He can grant. The Lord Jesus Christ should be our effective and literal Lord because that is true justice, but also because it is in our own best interest. So for your own sake, look to be the Lord's friend starting today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Blessed are you, Heavenly Father, forever and ever. Blessed are you, O Lord God, because you truly love us and care about us. And even though you are the greatest being in all of the universe, you still pay attention to us. And you desire to have an intimate and personal relationship with each and every one of us. Heavenly Father, we are not worthy of that. But I praise you, O Lord, because you are truly merciful and good in every kind of way. Thank you, O Lord, for the promises that you give us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And thank you because we can have an eternal hope. Heavenly Father, help us to understand who you are, what we are before you, and help us to understand what you wish to accomplish in our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to never take things lightly, but to treasure who you are and what you desire to do with us. 
To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.